It's that time again. It's Greek for the week. I'm Chris Palmer. Let's open our Bibles and get right down to the original language, the Greek. God bless you. It is the Greek for the Week podcast. We thank you so much for tuning in. And we've got a great show for you today. We're going to be getting into the book of Revelation. And this is this is my area of specialty. And um, I've put a lot of concerted effort into to studying this book and, and seeing what God has written to us from it. And one of the one of the reasons why it interests me so much is because oftentimes you don't you don't see a lot of of preaching from Revelation, unless it's it's gloom or doom or <laughs> scary, people say, "Oh, Revelation." And uh, but we want to tackle it. We want to look at some things that are interesting and that are applicable to our lives. So if you have your Bible, I want you to, go to Revelation chapter seventeen and verse number. Well, let's start in chapter seventeen. Let's get there. And the heading in the ESV is the great prostitute and the beast. It's a great passage, and we're going to get a lot from it today. So let's start here. In verse number three, Revelation chapter 17, verse three, and, and let's read what it says. It says, and he carried me away in the spirit. Now, this is extremely important because we find, we find one of the textual markers here that we encounter throughout the book of Revelation, and that is in the Greek, and pneumati, or in the spirit. John is having a revelation. It's coming by the Holy Spirit. And so he sees here that he's again reminding his audience that this isn't because He's having his own vision. It's because he's in, he's in the Spirit. And that would mean under the influence of the Spirit, under the direction of the Spirit, what's occurring is from a heavenly perspective. We see this taking place in Revelation chapter 4, Revelation chapter 5. Uh, John is in the Spirit. It, you see this marker throughout the whole duration. Every now and then this pops back up to remind people like us who are reading that John is he's in the Spirit. Now this is really interesting because he's having a vision of something here that's very concerning. Let's read verse number three. And he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman. Now, this is not a good woman. This is demonic, sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. And here we see the beast again. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, which <clears throat> represents harlotry, and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. Immorality. It says, and on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and earth's abominations. <clears throat> and I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. Obviously, this woman who represents Babylon, uh, which sits upon the beast, is a depiction of deception. It's a, picture, a depiction of what is against the kingdom of God. It is another religious system, okay, that is contrary to the kingdom of God. And remember, Jesus came into the earth, uh, and he told John the Baptist that the kingdom of God has come, and it wasn't necessarily the fullness of the kingdom. It was just at that time. And as we work towards the second coming of Christ, it's just a inkling of the kingdom or the groundwork, the very foundation of the kingdom as we move towards the installment of the whole kingdom when when Jesus Christ reigns in the millennium, uh, as we see in Revelation 20 and 21. But until that time, there's going to be things that challenge Christ and challenge his kingdom, false kingdoms. And we see this representative of Babylon. Any Jewish reader at that time would connect Babylon with harlotry, 
connect Babylon with false religion. It goes all the way back to the story, I believe, in Genesis chapter 16, I think it is, uh, when Babylon was being built to represent false religion. Now, this is the most interesting part of this, what I want you to see, and it's the warning that it serves to us. John says here, when I saw her, I marveled greatly. Now, this is in the Greek. It's extremely interesting because it says, Kai ethumasta thaumomega. I know you may not understand what that means if you don't read the Greek, but it's it's interesting because it says, and when I and when I saw, behold, uh, I marveled greatly. So, what it really could say, one of the ways you can translate this, is he says thaumatso thaumomega, or I marveled when I saw the great marvel. I marveled when I saw the great marvel. Now, it really becomes interesting to us that he, he mentions the word here, marvel, twice. That's significant in the Greek that when you mention something twice, I marveled when I saw the great marvel. <clears throat> and it, it comes down to understanding what this word marvel means. And it means to <clears throat> see something and admire it to the point of worship. You admire something so much that there is an inkling or a desire inside of you to worship this thing. And that's especially interesting when you consider in verse number 7 what the angel says to John. But the angel said to me, or to John, why do you marvel? Why are you... This is... The angel almost seems surprised here that John is having the same reaction that the world would have when they saw the beast, and that is a temptation to marvel. And it's, it's especially interesting that he's in the spirit. He's in the spirit. We just saw that in verse number three. He's in the spirit. He's under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not, the, the, follow me for a second. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit's leading him to worship this thing. That would be heretical to say that. What I'm saying is that even though he was in the spirit, it's almost though he's having this moment where he comes out of the spirit, where he he's he moves away from the spirit because he's seeing this as another temptation. So this thing or this woman, this great prostitute, or as the, uh, uh, the King James calls it, the great whore, that's arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with jewels and pearls is so tempting to John that it for a second seems to pull him out of the spirit. And that is telling us that the deception, the deception that <clears throat> is going to take place or is probably already, is, I believe, taking place already in these last days is so deceptive, it's so demonic, it is so wicked that even when we're in the spirit, it can try to pull us out of it. It's that wicked. That's why as believers today, we have to make it a point. We have to walk in, uh, uh, we have to walk circumspectly, as the Word of God says, be sober and be vigilant so that we are not tempted to be pulled out of the Spirit when we see something that can tempt us. That means that what, what we're being told here is that the possibility that people in the church can be deceived, People in our own uh, that have been in church 20 years, 30 years. I mean, John, and think about this for a second. John was a disciple of the Lord. He was in his 90s at this point. He'd been serving the Lord since he was 14. I mean, he'd had near 70, probably over 75 years of following Jesus. And at this point, he's tempted 
to worship this false religious system. That goes to show you the sheer amount of deception that's going to take place in the last days and is already taking place right now. And you think about it for a second, how this hits home with our lives today. How many times do we see people that have been in the church, they grew up in youth group, and then suddenly they go to college and they're no longer following the Lord. They just, for whatever reason, they're just not interested in following Christ. Or how many times have we seen people, they follow Jesus and then then, then they don't get their questions answered exactly the way that they want or they go through this great battle and maybe they pick up another religion, which secular humanism, atheism, is another religion. You have compassion on those people. But it just goes to show that there's deception that's taking place today. And <clears throat> not only that, but deception also comes in the form of mixture. Christianity becoming mixed with things that seem good and seem positive, but it's not Christianity. It's not what God's Word taught. It's not what the Bible taught. But for some reason, because it seems positive, it has a, a message of perhaps hope in some regard and liberation to the human soul. We think, oh, this is, well, this is great. This is, this is probably what Jesus taught. It's not. That's why I believe in these last days it's imperative. It is extremely, extremely imperative to put an emphasis on knowing the Bible and knowing the Word of God and knowing what Jesus taught, what his apostles taught, what the disciples taught, what the Old Testament teaches, how it translates into the New Testament, so that we can ground ourselves so that when we see something that becomes tempted for us to get off into, even though we're people of the Spirit, we could still, we could still veer if we're not careful. So this is a warning to us in the book of Revelation that if John, being a disciple and apostle of the Lord Jesus, being somebody that followed the Lord for that long and in the Spirit can get off, what does that say about us who haven't had that much experience following Christ? I think it tells us that we should be extremely careful because deception is so deceptive. Now, that doesn't, or it's not put there to scare you, but it's put there so that you can understand that as believers, we have to have a dependency upon the Holy Spirit. Every day we should be in His Word. We should be in church. We should be around teachers and instructors that are willing to teach us the Word of God, that preach the Word of God, that put emphasis on knowing your Bible. It, it, listen, it doesn't have to be flashy. It doesn't have to be aesthetically pleasing because a lot of that is, it has much to do with nothing, to be honest. But what is most important is that are you grounding yourself in the Word of God and knowing what the Bible teaches? Because there's going to come that point in time where there is a, as Revelation 17 calls it, a great prostitute full of blasphemous names and uh, arrayed in purple and scarlet and adored with gold and jewels and pearls and is against at his uh, uh, the true message of Christianity. We have to be careful. So today, the best thing you can do is guard yourself up against deception. You know, I look at, um, I've, you know, I've watched, when I was in uh, undergrad, we had a, a class called U.S. Religions, Denominations, and Cults. So we were studying movements of cults that came out of, that came from the United States and cult activity, because as pastors and teachers, 
You know, every now and then we see people that get involved in what's actually a cult. They're not always malignant at times. They're not always malevolent, but they're, they stray from the Word of God. They're not teaching the truth. But sometimes they are malicious. Sometimes the, the leaders are abusive to their people. And we were, I, I'll never forget, we were watching a story about the Jim Jones cult, which is probably the most popular cult of all time. And I thought to myself, how, how could these people go down there? Uh, is it the French guy under Guyana? How could they go down there and follow this guy? But it just, it, but as they were interviewing the people, it's just they say that I mean, we got deceived, we got caught up, we started believing the message. He was giving us a message of hope, everything was positive, and he started straying, veering. He wasn't teaching the word of God anymore. He got off into politics and it got off into self serving himself. And it just became a big mess. And I think, how could he get off into this? And you know, these were not stupid people. A lot of them were, were well-to-do people, and it just goes to show that anybody is open to deception when you're not sticking to your guns, which is the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, and of course, good, sound, solid, biblical teaching. And so this example here shows us that all of us need to guard ourselves and stay part of the Christian community and stick to the word of God, so that we're not deceived, so that we don't get off. I think that's, that's very important. Amen? So today, spend your time in the word of God, as I always think that's the best way you could guard yourself against what the enemy wants to do. Amen? Well, God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We want you to make sure that you share it with a friend, give it a like, and tell someone Greek for the week. Hey, it's on, it's popping, we're learning academically here on Greek for the Week. Give it a like. Uh, make sure you follow the podcast and share it with a friend. That'll be a blessing to us. We'll see you next time on Greek for the Week. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us further, you may visit us on the web at lightoftoday.org. God bless and good studying.